Praise the Lord. Let's talk about God's great name tonight. The name above every other name. The name known throughout all the earth. Let's begin with Malachi 1.11. For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, God says, my name shall be great among the nations, among the Gentiles. In every place, all across the planet, incense shall be offered to my name. Incense is representative of prayer and worship and praise and adoration. God says, in every place, all across the earth, there's coming a day. He was prophesying through Malachi. In every place, incense and worship shall be offered to my name and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. My name shall be great among the nations. In Canada and in Kenya and in Cambodia and in Cameroon and in China and all across the earth, God was saying there's a day coming. That was Old Testament words of Malachi. And we know how the new covenant has unfolded, that the name of Jesus, the name of our Lord, is represented all across the world in every place. A people are known by their God, who he is, what he does for them. And in Scripture, our God, the God of heaven, went to, he took his great name and went for renown among the nations. He put his name out for display. He put his name out for scrutiny. He put his name out for comparison. He said, who is like me? To whom will you liken me, or to whom will you have an equal? The name of the Lord our God. First Chronicles 17. Lord, there is none like you, nor is there any God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And who is like your people Israel, the one nation on the earth whom God went to redeem for himself as a people, to make for yourself a name? That because of God's redemption and his salvation and his power and his people and what he does for his people, that the God of heaven would gain a name among the nations of the earth. That the people of God are blessed. That they're anointed by him. You went to redeem for yourself a people to make for yourself a name by great and awesome deeds. By driving out nations from before your people whom you redeemed from Egypt. For you have made your people Israel your very own people forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. You know, God has a reputation to maintain. God has to keep up his name among his people and among the nations so that they will know the name of the Lord and how great and awesome it is. Exodus 15, 11, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, O Jehovah, among the gods of the nations, the idols? Who is like you? You're glorious in holiness. When your people walk in purity and separation unto you, they experience your glory. You're fearful in praises. When your people worship you and praise you with all their heart, you come down against their enemies. You break through against their enemies and bring them victory. Doing wonders. Who is like unto you, O Lord, among the gods, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? His name shall be called Wonderful, 
He's full of wonder. He's full of wonders for his people. This is the God we serve. This is our great and awesome Lord. There is none in comparison to the Lord our God. There is none in comparison to Jesus Christ. When God's people in the Old Testament walked in humility and they walked in holiness, there wasn't a nation that could touch them. The nations feared to cross them in any way because they knew their gods were no match for the God of Israel. The gods of the nations, the Bible says, are idols backed by hateful and deceptive demonic spirits. But our Lord made the heavens. To whom will you liken me, Isaiah said, and to whom shall I be equal? Lift up your eyes. Just lift up your eyes to the heavens and look at the stars. God says, I made them. I put them in their place. I know every one of them by name. That's the God of Israel. That's the God we serve. That's our Lord. One thing we can count on is that God will back his name. Let's hear that tonight. One thing we can count on is that God will back his name. And he even calls us to appeal to him for that backing. We can appeal to God. Think about this tonight. Maybe you've never thought about it in this way. God has invited us to appeal to him to back his name. He's El Shaddai, our nourisher. He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's Jehovah Rophe, our healer. He's Jehovah Nissi, our defender. He's Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd. He's Jehovah Shammah, our friend. He says, call upon the name of the Lord, for whosoever, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, of the Lord shall be delivered. Come boldly, the Bible says, to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. His name is there. He says, I'm going to back my name with my people because I want my name to be great among the nations. I want my people to be known by my great name, by who they serve and what I do for them that there is no God like me. Listen to Moses in Exodus 32. Israel, newly saved, newly come out of Egypt. They had good intentions, but unsteady feet and a wavering heart. And they sinned in the golden calf. Exodus 32, but we're going to Read this and then see Moses appeal to God. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Moses delayed. And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron, and he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. 
So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord, a feast to Jehovah. A people who took Christianity corrupted it and said it's still Christianity. Then they rose early on the next day, offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Verse 7, And the Lord said to, said to Moses, Go get down for your people. You know, Moses and God were tossing the people back and forth. Moses said, they're your people. God says, no, they're your people. Go get down for your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them. Let me alone, and I will make of you, Moses, a great nation. But Moses wouldn't let God alone. Let me alone, said God. Moses said, I'm not going to let you alone. There are intercessors and prayer warriors in the earth that will not let God alone. And because of the intercessions of a praying man, Israel was saved that day. Verse 11, then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of, I give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord relented. The Lord repented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. Moses pleaded with the Lord. He said, Lord, if you destroy your people, it won't go well on your reputation. It won't go well on your name. You have an obligation, Lord. You redeemed a people. Now you have to work with them and back them. And Moses called on the name of the Lord. He called on the reputation of the name of the Lord. Verse 12 in the King James Version says, Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out? Lord, if you don't deal with your people and lead them and guide them and help them through their weaknesses and their difficult times, Lord, your reputation's going to fall. People of the world will say, the people of God are no different than us. Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief did he bring them out, to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this thy evil against thy people. One thing we know and understand, the God of heaven will not do mischief against his people. The Lord will never set us up for a fall. He will never, never set us up for a failure. 
He will never pull the rug out from under us. He will correct us. He will discipline us. He will refine us. But he will never do us mischief. He will never deal with us in spite or injure us in some inappropriate way. We can count on our Lord. He's faithful. He's true. If there's mischief in our lives, if we fall on to mischief, you know, it's because we have given the enemy advantage in our lives and we have fallen to temptation. Numbers 14, 11 to 20. Twelve men went to spy the land of Canaan. Ten were bad, two were good. Numbers 14 is the failure at Kadesh Barnea, the failure to enter the promised land by the first generation that was saved out of Egypt, and because of it they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. God was angry with the people again because of their unbelief. They would not go into the land. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. Another opportunity for Moses. The nation of Moses instead of the nation of Israel. And Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear it. For by your might you brought these people up from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are among these people, that you, Lord, are seen face to face, and your cloud stands above them, and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. You're that close to your people. Now, if you kill these people as one man... Then the nations which have heard of your fame will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people to the land which he swore to give them, therefore he killed them in the wilderness. And now I pray, let the power of my Lord be great. Just as you have spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgressions. Here's Moses appealing to God, his reputation, his name among the nations forgiving iniquity and transgression and but by no means clear he by no means clears the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation pardon the iniquity of this people i pray according to the greatness of your mercy just as you have forgiven this people from egypt until now then the lord said i have pardoned according to your word Moses pleading with the Lord, with his name, who he is among the nations. Calling on God to back his name and to stand different among the nations of the world. He said, God, if you want people to believe you, if you want the nations to love you, if you want the nations to follow you, you can't act like this. God says, I repent. I'll keep my hand on my people and lead them and guide them. God's people are people that are known because of the God they serve, that our God is kind and just 
and loving, a God that forgives iniquity and transgression and sin, a God that takes care of his people and shepherds them and loves them and comforts them and provides for them and heals them. Our God is known among his people for his character and for his nature, who he is and how he treats us and how he walks among us. He takes us into a promised land. Moses said, God, if you, if you kill this nation right now, the people of the world will say, God couldn't bring them into an inheritance. Saved, but no inheritance. Saved out of Egypt, delivered from sin, but no inheritance, no fruitfulness, no promised land. Moses said, God, you've got to take your people into the promised land. You have to give them the land flowing with milk and honey. In case the nations say their God can't take them in anywhere, their God can't do anything for them. They're actually living in a howling wilderness, and we are living in a better place than they are. Wow. We have a God who takes us into the land of promise, a land filled with his promises, a land filled with his abundance, a good land, a holy land, a satisfying land. We live higher than all people of the earth because of where the Lord has taken us by the promises of his word. What an inheritance we have. Lord, that's how you treat your people. Let's look at three scriptures quickly. Joshua 7, 8 to 9. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? Joshua calling on the Lord because Israel had sinned and they were defeated in battle. And Joshua said, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? What will you do for your great name? This isn't worthy of your name. This isn't right for your name. And the Lord said, Joshua, let's deal with transgression in the camp and let's go on to victories. 1 Kings 8:41. Moreover, concerning a foreigner, moreover, concerning a foreigner who is not of your people Israel, somebody who does not know the Lord, but has come from a far country for your name's sake. For they will hear of your great name and your strong hand and your outstretched arm. They'll hear the testimony of your people. They'll hear of the healings of your people. They'll hear of the restoration of families and prodigal sons and daughters brought home. They'll hear of sin and darkness broken and people walking in purity and purpose and power. And the unbelievers hear what God does for his people. Wow. There will be those who come for God's name's sake. For they will hear of your great name and your strong hand and your outstretched arm when he comes and prays toward this temple here in heaven, your dwelling place, and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, that all peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this temple which I have built is called by your name, that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, because they hear of how wonderful you are to your people. 
They hear of how loving and caring and healing and restoring you are, how you shepherd, how you comfort, how you walk with them. Who has a God so near to them as the Lord our God is to us? Jeremiah 10, 6-7. Inasmuch as there is none like you, O Lord, you are great and your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O King of the nations? For this is your rightful due. For among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. There is none like you. Among all the nations, among all the gods, there's none like you, O Lord. You're great. Your name is great in might and power. Sometimes perplexes me why people don't want to serve the Lord. How could you not want to serve the Lord? And the only answer is people love their life more than they love God's life. They love themselves more than they love the Lord. But what a great and mighty God we serve. Redeemed us, walks with us, leads us into a land of promise. He's at our side. He's within us. His word, his eternal word, eternal life. Heaven forever, everlasting life is our portion because of the Lord our God. There is none like you, Lord. Two points tonight. Number one, let's not blaspheme the name of the Lord. Let's not blaspheme the name, that holy name. Paul said in Romans 2, 21 to 24, You therefore who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. Wow. Let's live like we serve the God of heaven. Let's concern ourselves with his reputation, how we're viewed in the eyes of people, how we act and what we say, how we demonstrate our God, the one we serve. It's a disgrace, isn't it, when a person shames their family name? How much more the name of the Lord? How much more the name of the Lord? Let's not blaspheme the name of the Lord. Let's lift up the name of the Lord. Let's magnify the name of the Lord. Let's honor the name of the Lord. So no one says, I thought you were a Christian. I thought you were different. You kind of act like the rest of us. You kind of talk like the rest of us. I thought you were supposed to be different. Looks like you struggle with the same things we do. It's like, it looks like you struggle the same way we do. And the answer is, no, we don't. Number two, let's magnify the name of the Lord more continually. And everyone said, 
Psalm 34, 3 to 6, O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Let's call on his name, invoke his name, invoke who he is on the behalf of us because he said, I want to be appealed to on the strength of my name and what I would said I would do to my people. So we come boldly in his presence, not brashly. We come boldly, reverently, respectfully into the presence of the Lord. Psalm 70 and verse 4, Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you, and let those who love your salvation say continually, Let God be magnified. Magnify the name of the Lord. If you have a small God and a big devil, if you have a small God and big problems, turn your binoculars around, brother and sister. Turn your binoculars around. Psalms 20 and verse 1. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. I love that. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. God's great name. Proverbs 18:10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, run to it. They run into it and are safe. The name of the Lord, the name of Jehovah, the name of his son Jesus, all the names of God you can find throughout Scripture. And there are scores of them. All the names you can find. The Bible says we run into the name of the Lord and we're safe. Times of battle, times of pressure, times of difficult circumstance. Run. Get into that name. If I can just get into the name of the Lord, I'm feeling pressure, I'm feeling enemies, I'm assaulted, I'm being bashed about, I'm buffeted by the enemy, so many thoughts and emotions going through with me. If I can just get into the name of the Lord, I'll be safe. And we run into the name of the Lord. We find that he's the Lord, our defender, and he's the Lord, our peace, and he's the Lord, our righteousness, and the Lord our sanctification, and the Lord our help, and the Lord our joy, and the Lord our healer. And we're safe in the presence of the Lord. The righteous run into the name of the Lord when they're hard-pressed in battle, when winds of emotion, when storms are against their life, they run into the name of the Lord. Lord, your great name is at stake in my life, Lord. You need to deal with me according to your name so that the world doesn't say God's people are no different than any other people. But when they look at us, they admire our purity and holiness. They admire our family order. They admire our righteousness. They admire our speech. They admire our purpose and our conduct because of the name of the Lord our God. 
upon our lives. Let's have the worship team come, and let's read Exodus 33, verse 13 to 17. Moses said, Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, show me now your way, that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to the Lord, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I also will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Let's stand together tonight. Let's settle ourselves in the presence of the Lord. My presence will, will go with you, and I will give you rest. God has you. Storm raging on the sea. Jesus up in the mountain. He sees your boat. He sees you down in the sea. Whatever you're facing, he's praying, he's walking, he knows all about you in every situation. He will always come because of his great name for his people's sake. He says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will answer you. Call on my name, magnify my name. What name of the Lord do you need right now in your life? Circumstances change. Tests and refinings change. Years of life change. What name do you need now? Because there's a specific name of the Lord for you tonight, for what you're facing this week, for what you're facing right now in your situation. Call on that name tonight. As we close out in these few minutes, let's call on the name we need tonight. Do you need Jehovah Shalom, your peace? You need the great I am as the bread of life. So you hunger and thirst after righteousness. You need the joy of the Lord. He said, I am the true vine. Come and take of the wine of my gladness. Come and live in my presence. Do you need light? I am the light of the world. He that walks with me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Maybe you need light. Maybe you're in darkness. Maybe you're confused right now. Call on the God of light. Call on the I am God. Call on Jehovah Rapha, your healer. Call on the shepherd. Call on the comforter. Call on the name you need tonight for a few minutes. And when you walk out of this place, remember God's great name. And that God will defend you with his name. And that he will back his name. And that you can appeal to his name. And he will show himself strong on the behalf of his people. In the mighty name of Jesus, the name above every other name, Jesus Christ is Lord.